The Lifestylist, episode 24, featuring Dr. Raleigh Duncan. I'm Luke Story, a former celebrity fashion stylist and founder of School of Style. For the past 20 years, I've been relentlessly dedicated to my deepest passion, designing the ultimate lifestyle based on the most powerful principles of health and spirituality. The Lifestylist Podcast is a show dedicated to sharing my discoveries and the experts behind them with you. Okay, major announcement here, you guys. I'm giving away two free tickets to the fourth annual Bulletproof Biohacking Conference this weekend, September 23rd, 24th, and 25th here in LA. If you win, you'll get three action-packed days of biohacking valued at over $3,000. Now, here's the catch. The deadline to enter is midnight, Wednesday, September 21st, which is this week. Then the next day on the 22nd, I announce the winner, and it starts the next day on the 23rd, so you got to be quick, okay? Here's what you do to enter. You go to lukestory.com forward slash bulletproof. It'll take you all of 30 seconds. And if you win with the three-day all-access pass, you're going to have access to all of the speaker presentations and workshops, unlimited access to all the tools and toys in the tech hall, and even a complimentary daily bulletproof coffee when you get there in the morning. So again, just go to lukestory.com forward slash bulletproof to enter. The deadline is Wednesday, September 21st at midnight. I'll announce the winner the next day. Go to lukestory.com forward slash bulletproof to enter and I can't wait to meet the winner there. My name is Luke Story, and I'm a podcastaholic. I'm also the host of the Lifestylist Podcast, which you're listening to at this very moment, and I want to welcome you, and more than anything, I want to thank you for joining me on this journey, and I mean that from the deepest bottom of my heart. I'm a huge podcast fanatic, and it's been a dream of mine forever to have my own. And here I am, I'm, I don't know, 20-something episodes deep, keeping it real for you and discovering the many ways that we can take care of this meat suit called a body so that our spirit and soul, the thing that resides in this rental unit that we're given upon birth, for better or for worse, can walk around and be happy and joyous and free. And so we're covering everything in the world of health, healing, spirituality, etc. And today's show is no exception because we're talking to Dr. Raleigh Duncan about infrared saunas, which are one of my most favorite, all-time top 10 probably healing modalities, lifestyle hacks. In fact, I have one. Listen to this. Hear that knocking sound right there? Yeah. That's my cedar sauna right behind me. And I live in that thing. No, actually... I live in this apartment, but I spend a lot of time in the sauna, and it's one of my favorite things for detoxing, for fat burning, calorie burning, and especially for relaxation. So we talk about all of the geeky technology in saunas in this episode with Raleigh, and we also talk about kind of the history and where these came from and uh, how long mankind has been using heat for healing and all of these different practices. We take a little trip around the world and uh, talk about all the different saunas that have been used throughout history, etc. But mainly what we want to do is focus on the infrared saunas, which are by far superior to any other technology that humans have ever used or discovered up until this point. 
And on top of that, Raleigh is also CEO of a company called Clearlight Saunas, which are the undisputed master of the universe when it comes to infrared saunas. They are just badass. And so I'm really happy to have someone that's this knowledgeable and someone who also is at the top of his game in the industry. I mean, they are just, I don't know, what's the best car? Like a Rolls Royce, maybe? I guess by some estimations, or a Tesla. Maybe they're the Tesla of infrared saunas of the sauna world. So he is kind of the king. And that's why I'm bringing him to you because that's how I roll. That's what I do. I bring you guys the best of the best. And uh, I'm so happy to be able to do that. As I said, it's my dream. And thank you for joining me on that dream. If it's a dream for you to listen to the show, I'd like you to do two things. I'd like you to go to my site, lukestory.com, and sign up for my newsletter. You know what's going to happen then? You're going to get a sweet-ass email every week with all of the show notes and links and everything you need to know about every single episode. It's going to save you a lot of work from having to figure it out on your own. So get on that newsletter. I'm only going to send you super rad content, no weird stuff, I swear to God. Well, I don't know. I guess it depends on your definition of weird. (laughs) A lot of the things I'm into are considered weird by some people. But please sign up for my newsletter because I want to stay in touch with you and enter you into the world of Luke Story and the Lifestylist. And then the next thing I'm going to ask of you is, of course, to share this episode with friends, family, and loved ones. There's something you can click on your screen somewhere that enables you to share this. Please do so. And that's all I'm going to ask. The only thing uh, you really need to do beside that is just kick it, chill, and enjoy this show. Dr. Raleigh Duncan, CEO of SaunaWorks Incorporated, is a chiropractor who recognized the health benefits of infrared saunas and in 1996 decided to dedicate his efforts in designing, manufacturing, and distributing infrared saunas as a way to help people heal and live better lives. Dr. Duncan is recognized as an early pioneer in the infrared sauna industry and has numerous patents and patents pending for his unique sauna technologies. Prior to becoming a doctor of chiropractic, Dr. Duncan spent 20 years as a manufacturing consultant advising on manufacturing techniques and equipment for industry. He is actively involved in the day-to-day operation of sauna works and clear light saunas and is always discovering better ways to heal the human body through the power of infrared. Welcome to the Lifestylist Podcast, Raleigh. Hi, Luke. I'm extremely excited to have you on today because we're going to be talking about one of my favorite lifestyle practices, and that is, of course, saunas, and specifically infrared saunas. Now, I was fortunate enough as a kid that my my dad loved going to spas, and so I've been doing saunas as long as I can remember. But then about 15 years ago, my dad was you know, a fairly innovative, cutting-edge kind of health nut like myself. He bought me and my two brothers, who also live in L.A., an infrared sauna, and I happen wow. to be the, the yeah. It was really such a great gift. Great that, gift. Yeah, and at that time they were you know even much more expensive. I think so. Um, I luckily was the one out of us three. I'm the oldest of the three that uh, had enough room in my apartment or house at that time. So I was kind of the the keeper of the sauna, and I've con- right. continue to be luckily um, up until this day. Now, unfortunately, it is not a clear light sauna, which <laughs> is where where you um, work and represent, which I believe right. are the absolute cream of the crop, like the platinum level sauna in the world. But the one I have, you know, it works okay for what I'm doing. But this is one of those practices where no matter how much money you hand me, I would not give up my right as a human 
to use infrared saunas. And I had a guest on a while ago named Emily Fletcher, and she was talking about meditation in the same context. She said, once this became a part of my lifestyle, there's no amount of money that you could give me to get me to stop. And that's really how important infrared saunas are mm-hmm. to me. Mine is right behind me, right behind this microphone as we speak. So wow. I'm, I'm really excited to share this you know, this technology with some people that might be just, you know, peripherally aware of saunas at the gym or something, but in fact, we can go much deeper and there's really a lot to it. So I'm stoked. Exactly. So, yeah, it's a, it's a different animal. Yeah, it totally is. So give us a little background, Raleigh, on how you got started in this industry. So I came out to California over 20 years ago in my 40s to become a chiropractor, to go to chiropractic school after 20 years in manufacturing in the Midwest. So it was a big change. And when I came out here, I saw one of these saunas advertised and I was interested and I got one. And as soon as I got one, I got in, I could feel the difference. And I I was getting through chiropractic college um, as a massage therapist. So I would put my massage clients into the sauna and I would see, whoa, look at what happened. Their muscles just relaxed. And then they would start telling me different things that were going on. And I, I could see the potential right away. So I started a business um, first as, as a distributor. And then I started designing my own saunas. And that's when I um, uh, started the, the company and the designing and building saunas. And so it's uh, just taken off from there. So that that's in a in a nutshell. That's the history. That's cool. How that, we got to where we are. Yeah, that's a good. That's actually a really concise elevator uh, pitch or elevator that's it, historical yeah. account. Yeah. Um, so let's start at the very beginning then of saunas in general. You know, based mm-hmm. on based on your knowledge and research, when did mankind? I mean, I, I guess my, oh, my, my my earliest interpretation would be a Native American sweat lodge. You know, because I've I've done yeah. that and it's it's sort of a homespun version of that. And then I've had, oddly enough, a lot of friends from Finland and, and they sort of have mm-hmm. claimed credit for the actual like wooden structure type sauna. So what, what do you know about the history of human beings getting themselves hot? Well, somehow we, we have for millennia gravitated towards uh, saunas. So the Russian banya, the, uh, the Moroccan hammam, uh, the Finnish um, you know, wood-fired sauna. People have been doing this, and and the and the Native American sweat lodge, of course. So, people have just figured this out that when you go in one of these uh, hot rooms, you relax, you you uh, you perspire, you just feel better on the other side. And you mentioned the Finnish sauna. When the Finns would go and build a house, they would always build the sauna first because they knew that they would need that sauna to make it easier to to get through the uh, the house construction with all the aches and pains that that would bring on so you know it's just a natural now infrared's another wrinkle on that and we can go deeper uh into the differences but that's that's basically it yeah a long time i yeah. guess it's i guess it's just the human intuition that you know yeah. some some uh, indigenous person back in the day some hunter gatherer sat next to the fire maybe outside and figured out wow if i get really close to this thing for an extended period of time i start feeling really good mm-hmm. maybe we should enclose this thing and get really hot for a longer period of time yeah i just i you know i find that that fascinating too, because I'm also a huge fan of hot springs. Another thing that I really don't think I could live without. I don't think I could live anywhere in the world where I didn't have 
access to a hot springs and just drinking water springs for that matter mm-hmm. within a couple hours. And luckily here in LA, I, I do have a couple of those. But it's again, whenever I'm in a hot spring in nature, I always imagine, God, for how many thousands and thousands of years have humans been soaking in this water and and been aware of the fact that it has such an amazing capacity to heal and make you feel so good. Exactly. And I imagine it's the same way with saunas. So what what then are the different types of saunas? So, you know, we've got a couple of them that you mentioned. And then when did kind of the modern, what I call the space heater, you know, sauna come right. in, into right. being? The, the ones that you see at the gym, was that the first kind of electric version of one? Yeah, the the electric version, we would call that a finished type sauna or a box of hot rock sauna where you have a heating element and some rocks on top. And that's working by basically heating the air up in that room to 200, 220 degrees Fahrenheit. And so as you're sitting in there, you know, a lot of people um, complain sometimes it's too hot to breathe. You know, it becomes like an endurance thing. You go in with maybe a cloth that you hold up to your nose and and you kind of tough it out. But that's the finished type or box of hot rocks or traditional sauna, we would call that. And that's the most prevalent up until the advent of the infrared. And when did the infrared first appear on the scene? So infrared, uh, is, uh, what we saw and traced back is the infrared sauna really started in Japan, I'm going to say about 35 years ago. Wow. It's, uh, it's been around that long. And it wow. migrated from Japan over to Korea. And then it was uh, actually the first uh, infrared saunas to come into the U.S., were actually uh, uh, Korean Americans, and uh, so that was the genesis of that. And the first heaters that were put in these saunas were actually just like uh, industrial heaters, like ceramic, really hot uh, heaters that would dry paint, things like that. You know, and that's people were inventive, and they said, "Let's try this." So that yeah. was how it started. Yeah. yeah, the sauna I have is uh, actually from Korea. I know because I've re- okay. I've tried to look at the manual, <laughs> you know, and oh, wow. thumb through the Korean version to finally find the English text. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, what I've noticed, and as I said, I've been going in, you know, the electric Finnish style saunas, although, I mean, I guess... I guess really a truly finished sauna would would be, um, you know, the old school version of a sauna would be generating the heat from a fire, though, correct? Yeah, but the Finns claim the electric one. Oh, they do? Okay, cool. Oh, I did, sure. I didn't know that because yeah, sure. I remember my, my one Finnish friend, Rane, from back in the day, he, he hated the saunas here, you know, at the gym and things right. like that because they had the electric heating element. He'd say, this is not right. a real Finnish sauna. It has to be a fire right. and you have to have a frozen lake with a hole cut into it next exactly. to it. <laughs> well, you'll, you'll always have the people that, you know, that's the tra- very traditional and then you have to have what they call the laulie, which is different. I think it's birch branches and and they kind of flail themselves and other people. So there's a whole process. They have these little felt sauna hats that they wear. You know, it's a whole, it's a whole thing, a whole right, ritual. Right, right. Well, yeah. what, I, what I have noticed, Raleigh, is that if I get in a traditional sauna, let's call it a finished-style sauna with the, you know, the little heater, like a space heater with some little lava rocks on top or whatever. Right. I was just in New York, and I was at a hotel, and that's the sauna that they had, and I was very happy to have that over nothing. But I'm so used to the infrared sauna. I noticed that while I like the... I actually enjoy kind of the, I guess, the contrast of having the really hot air. What mm-hmm. I notice is I tend to get really tired, and what it feels like... Go. Yeah, what it feels like is... Mm-hmm. 
it's relaxing in a sense, but I don't walk out invigorated. I walk out like I've been yep. oxygen de- de- deprived. Does something, right. ha- what happens to the air inside that type of sauna? So I'm not sure that it's the air, but before, before I go on, I want to ask yeah. you, what do you feel like when you come out of your infrared? What is the contrast? Because oh, I find this really fascinating. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I use my sauna, I'd say, three to four times a week. And wow. normally yeah. it's, it's you know, in the evening before I'm you know, settling down, getting ready for bed. And I want to go into why, you know, what, what that, why that's happening, because I have a feeling you know what's going on with the nervous system in that case. But mm-hmm. I, um, I feel very relaxed. And it's interesting because I don't feel depleted, but I feel relaxed. So I could get out and then I'm ready to go to work or go work out or go to yoga or do anything really. But if I wanted to after a sauna, I could very easily just chill or go to sleep, which is what I I kind of normally do. Right. Versus, yeah, the electric sauna is like... It feels good because I'm sweating and you know my muscles are getting mm-hmm. loosened up and all of that, but I really get kind of fatigued from it, I guess. Mm-hmm. So you've just confirmed what I've heard over and over again over the last 20 years, and I've come up with a, my own theory of what's going on. And it, it just came to me after contemplating this and hearing people say, you know, when I go in that finished type sauna, the box of hot rock sauna, I come out and I'm really almost exhausted. I feel depleted. So... Uh, from my knowledge of the anatomy, if you look at your lungs, so lung tissue is, is if you would take the lung tissue and spread it out, I've heard everything from a tennis court to the size of a football field would be covered in lung tissue, you know, because it's single cell. So as think of this, as you're breathing in that superheated air, what you're doing is you're burning your lung tissue out. So after you get out of the sauna, your body's going, wow, we just burned out all this lung tissue. You know, we've got to regenerate all that. So I think this is what's going on. Where in the infrared sauna, the air temperature really stays low, uh, way, you know, 60, 70 degrees lower than the finished type sauna. And then it has a more energizing type effect that relaxes the muscles without making you just feel like you you're exhausted so that's my theory uh i haven't done any uh, direct studies with lung tissue on it but that's as far as we've gotten so that's that's what i think is going on it makes sense it makes sense yeah and i'd be curious and you know maybe there are studies on this somewhere but two things i've often wondered because i've noticed such a contrast there is is the oxygen level in the room being depleted? So am I essentially being suffocated in that type of sauna? Mm -hmm. And then also, is that heating element producing positive ions which you huh. know, if, if if you're listening uh, positive ions aren't generally positive it's the negative ions that you it's want the negative yeah. yeah so you know because my my infrared sauna that i have here this old school korean one it's got a little um negative ion generator in it mm-hmm. which kind of led me to believe that which you can plug or unplug you know and that led me to believe oh they must have figured out that even this type of sauna must be you know, either depleting the negative ions in there or producing the contrary positive ions, which you don't want. So 
that that's the theory that I have because I feel like I'm suffocating gotcha. in there, and maybe that's yep. the, the burnt lung kind of tissue feeling. Yeah. And it might just be, it's draining, you know, because when you go sit at the ocean or under a waterfall or somewhere in nature where there's an abundance of electrons and negative ions being produced, you get so energized and so relaxed. It's such a great feeling. So maybe those saunas are affecting the the ionosphere, if that's a word. Mm. I don't know. that could be, I, uh, you know, we, we, when we came up with our heaters and we actually worked with South Korean heater manufacturers, uh, for many years to perfect our low EMF heaters and our, uh, our carbon ceramic heaters. And we found that when we added this micro fine, um, ceramic powder to the heater, that it, uh, just naturally created negative ions. So it, coming off of all the heaters in there. So it's a, it's a really interesting observation. So we, we get the negative ions without having to put one of those little. Oh, that's so there. cool. God, yeah. that makes me love clear light even more because oh, I, I, I don't turn mine on a lot because it's really loud. It's like, Oh really? Yeah. And oh it, no. And it, hang, yeah. and it hangs on the wall, you know, on the wood that's, inside there. So it, yeah. vi- it vibrates against the oh, wall. Oh my gosh. It's a horrendous design. Um, so I, I typically don't use it, but that that's cool. Wow. You guys like think of everything. I can't wait to dig into some more of your, your innovations. So another, and I want to definitely get into uh, the obvious benefits of saunas, but I just like to geek sure. out on the technology end. So mm-hmm. another major issue with, I, I'm assuming even the electric heater model of like the Finnish sauna and a lot of the, if not all of the other uh, infrared saunas on the market is the EMF exposure that the user is subjected to while going in there and doing something supposedly for their health. So yeah. there, you know, I'm somewhat familiar from a layman's point of view that EMFs are bad. Could you give us, um, you know, your general understanding of what what EMFs are for people listening that don't even know what I'm talking about, and then sure. we can talk about, you know, how different saunas have different levels of those, and it's not maybe the best thing for you, right? So EMF stands for electromagnetic field, and it's it's what we you know what you hear people talking about uh, the bad electricity either coming off from your smart meter or from your cell phone or from uh, towers things of this nature. So the World Health Organization uh, came out uh, years ago and said that you should not expose yourself to greater than three milligauss. That's it's measured in milligauss for any extended period of time. So in the saunas, it's sort of this, um, this unknown thing that was happening. People were going in the uh, infrared saunas and getting exposed to like over 100 milligauss of, um, of EMF. And so what we did, and it took us many years, some of the earlier uh, heaters, like the ceramic ones, they didn't really have a lot of EMF. It was only when the whole industry started to change over to these larger carbon heaters, which give a tremendously good wavelength for healing the body and detoxing, but inherited in them was this high EMF. So it took us several years, like I said, working with uh, some great heater manufacturers to come up with a low EMF design. And so now in our saunas, where you sit in the sauna, uh, you have zero exposure of EMF because it just wasn't fair. People were really sick and they were going in these other uh, companies' uh, infrared saunas to get better and they didn't know that they were getting zapped. So in the process of this, we were the very first company to come out with it 
and um, we changed the entire industry, and that was a lot of fun. So there are other companies now making lower and low EMF sauna heaters. So that's a good thing, um, but it wasn't always that way. But there's still people that are buying saunas, and they don't know that they're going to get in these high EMF saunas, and that's really that's just wrong. Well, that's what's that's what's crazy about it is. I mean, thankfully, I've never been in a natural, you know, cancer healing institute or anything like that. Right. You know, there's a number of different healing centers, of course, all over the world for people that are, you know, deathly ill, and they're going to these centers and getting on, I don't know, wheatgrass enemas and fasting yeah. and all kinds of crazy stuff. And in in every healing center that I've ever just been to to get a massage or that I've researched or heard of anyone going to, they mm-hmm. all have saunas. And if you have sure. someone that's got late stage cancer and they're, you know, going in the sauna, which is, I think, one of the most healing things you could do, but they're also getting blasted with that level of EMF. It's probably not good for the immune system and just their general biology. No, and there are still big name saunas being sold today that are high EMF. And um, some of the companies dance around it. And it's just, it's not fair. You're dealing with people's lives. So this is something, as a chiropractor, I just take this so seriously. I look at, I look at this entire company that I founded 20 years ago as an extension of my practice. So this is what, uh, what my passion is, is that we can send these saunas out all over the world and, and people will get some benefit. And that's, uh, that's the good part. That's the great part of my day. Yeah, I'm. I'm actually. <laughs> I, I'm terrified to measure the EMFs coming off of my sauna because because oh. it's an it's an older one, and I don't know that it was you know the top of the line. I mean, I don't think my dad you know it was maybe a couple thousand dollars or something at the time when he got it, which is not cheap. But I don't think it's necessarily the best one at that time. I'm sure there were even fewer on the market. So what I what I do, and I don't know if if you would even know the answer to this, but. Oh, for anyone listening, by the way, I wanted to mention on the whole EMF topic, I recently did an episode. It hasn't come out yet. So I don't know if it's out already by the time this one airs, but probably, uh, but I would look that up, you listener there. It's all about EMFs and it's with a uh, gentleman that has a website called lessemf.com and his name's oh, yeah. Emil Detoff. I know them. Cool. Yeah. It's an amazing site and he's so knowledgeable and actually really? knows, knows the science about this stuff. So anyone listening, if you want to know more about just the EMF stuff in your home in general, definitely go back and check that episode out. Uh, but what I was going to say was that what I'm using as a hack in my sauna is I put a little grounding mat on the floor inside there, which is hooked up to the ground in my wall, which of course has a wire going down into the earth underneath right. my apartment building. And you know, this is just based on you know my layman's understanding of how electricity and grounding and all of that works. But when you take a skin voltage meter and you're exposed to a high level of EMF, it'll actually read off your skin, whether you're at a computer, in front of a TV, whatever. And then when you touch even just your pinky to a grounding mat, it instantly goes to zero. Mm-hmm. And so I haven't mm-hmm. tested on myself, but I've seen enough videos on the internet of people doing that with a grounding mat. And so my theory was that I'm hopefully neutralizing the EMFs in my sauna by being grounded while I sit there. You have any thoughts on that? Well, Luke, we're going to, number one, we're going to send you an EMF meter just so we can test it. <laughs> oh man, but, don't do it. But, <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, gonna... you know, we just, you know, you just have to know. All right. So, um, we took the EMF out and then after that, we had some of our clients that had bought saunas that were sensitive to the ELF. 
And so we started learning about that. And we just recently, a few months ago, all our saunas now uh, take the ELF. Now, ELF is more the electrical um, part of the dirty electricity. And where EMF is measured in milligauss, uh, ELF is measured in volts per meter. And so I think when you're measuring on the skin, that's what, that's what gets measured. So we'll get you, we'll get you set up. You know, I want to make sure that you're safe and, and not getting zapped, but, um, (laughs) taking the ELF out was a whole different mechanism of, uh, grounding. And we put a carbonized mesh in front of the heater that would capture this ELF coming off. We put all our wiring in metal conduit and grounded all that. So it was this whole process now. So like I said, now we're the only sauna company in the world that I know of that's taking the ELF out too. So, but I think the, the grounding mat is, is a good start, but let's, I want to get you farther on, you know, I won't, I won't be able to sleep if I think you're getting zapped, you know? Yeah. It's, I mean, that's the, you know, it's the thing with, I have a lot of sort of strange health practices and things like that. And sometimes it's, I I know there's some, some detriment involved, but I have to kind of weigh on the scale if to, to ascertain whether or not the benefit that I'm deriving from a said practice outweighs the detriment. So, you know, I use like a great sleep app on my phone, which requires me to put my phone on the bed so that I'm able Mm -hmm. to monitor my sleep. Of course I have it on airplane and, and all of that, but sometimes the battery's low, so I have to plug it in. So then I'm I'm getting like EMFs right. close to me on the bed, which is not good. But it's much better than having an alarm clock and and not right. having an understanding of what's really helping my sleep out of all the things I do. So right. I'm always like battling between you know the know. less the lesser of two evils and stuff like that. I know, and that's you know that I guess that's just. It's it's living in the modern world with the conveniences that we have. I mean, I love my cell phone. I don't want to be without an iPhone. Right. But I also, you know, have an, a little, um, you know, radio frequency blocker on there too, so that sure. when it's near me, it's not, um, you know, at least it's not radiating those waves toward me, mm-hmm. but rather away from me. So. I think as time goes on, more people like you that have a conscience, you know, that are ethical and have an understanding of biology and how we, we can access technology and use it for our advantage and our health and our well-being. But at the same time, there has got to be a way to buffer that technology so that the, um, yes. you know, the detrimental aspects of it are minimized, right? It, it's a, it's an on, we look at it as an ongoing process. It's an unfolding as we find out more ways of how to heal the body effectively of doing no harm. And, and, uh, and also how can we get more people, um, that can get in these saunas and, and make them more readily available because everybody deserves to live, uh, without the toxins that have been, they've been exposed to and have come into their body. Everybody has a birthright. Uh, no one came in asking for these 80,000 toxins to come into their body. Um, so that's, that's how I look at it. God, so. I, I know that's, you know, that's a great segue into, into the whole detox piece, which is of course huge with infrared saunas. It's like, <laughs> I often get you know, accused of being paranoid <laughs> because I'm such a health nut. And I probably am. I mean, I'm admittedly a bit obsessive about 
my health and well-being and the, great. the level of energy that I have. I think in the past, maybe to a fault at times, but I'm finding a bit more balance now. But I always get this argument from people. You don't need to take supplements. You don't need to take vitamins. Oh, yeah. Just eat organic food because that's what our ancestors ate. And it's like, dude, our ancestors didn't have 80,000 chemicals exactly. in their living environment and in their water supply and in their food supply. So. I think it's it's fairly naive for one to think they can just have you know a, a normal degree of health and and wellness just living their life and avoiding toxins because you really can't avoid toxins if you're living in the industrialized modern world. You can't. I mean, I'm sitting here in my office and it's like God knows what kind of EMF or not EMF, but um, you know, gases are coming off my computer sure. monitor as it gets hot, and this room's carpeted, and there's formaldehyde in the furniture and glue, and I'm not paranoid. I don't sit here and worry about it because I think that would be probably more psychologically and ultimately physically more damaging than the stuff that's in here. But if I can put an ionizer or an air purifier in the room and just let it run, mm-hmm. it's like, well, why wouldn't you do that? <laughs> You know? Exactly, and if you exactly. can, you know, and if you can build a piece of technology like you guys have, and and not have it hurt you, but only help you, that's just so awesome. I really respect that you guys do that. So let's so let's talk then about going back to the detoxing aspect. Mm-hmm. So why couldn't someone just you know live their life and urinate and defecate and naturally right. sweat the toxins that they're taking in? What does an infrared sauna do to speed up that process or amplify that process? Right. So uh, before I get into that exact part, um, I just want to put out there that there's a phrase called toxic burden. So if it was that toxins came in on a daily basis and then went out, there really wouldn't be much of a problem. You wouldn't want to have to process those toxins, but the body can do it, except we have this toxic burden so that the toxins come in and many of them stay and then they build up. And a lot of diseases will, will start to come when your toxic burden gets to a level that your body just can't handle it. So most of the people that we see are at a level where their toxic burden is, is causing problems. And that's when they, that's when they look for alternatives, you know, when there's a, they feel compelled because of their health. So infrared works in a different way than that. We were talking about the Finnish sauna before, and it's all about the wavelength. The wavelength comes through the air and it doesn't give up its energy. And this is the sort of the secrets that we've been unfolding over the past 20 years of what wavelengths are best for detoxing. And what we found is that there's a resonant frequency. And this was the Japanese had figured this out in the 70s that if you will put the same wavelengths into the human body that we emanate. So we emanate infrared. That's how you can see someone at night um, with an infrared uh, camera or something like that is because we give off infrared at about 9.3, 9.4 microns. So if you can give... Um, a percentage of the wavelength from the heater, a good percentage of those same wavelengths, it will cause this resonant frequency which vibrates the cellular material and the water in the cells, and that allows the toxin, it aids in a mechanical way to get the toxin out of the cell. And then when the toxins come out of the cell, they'll go into what the interstitial fluid, and then they'll be processed out of the body through either urine, feces, exhalation or sweating. So those are the four pathways. So this 
resonant frequency is really the key to why detoxification in an infrared sauna is the best way. And so probably a lot of listeners, there used to be, now this is really going to date me, but there was a TV commercial back in the days of uh, cassette tape. Is it live or is it Memorex? And it was Ella <laughs> Fitzgerald. That. Okay, Ella Fitzgerald would break uh, a glass with her voice. All right. So if you ever want to try this, this is a great party trick is you take a wine glass, you hold it by the base underneath, and then you take your fingernail and just ping it, you know, give it a good wrap with your fingernail and a tone will come out, a note will come out. So that is the note or the tone of the glass. That is the same exact note. If you want to try and break a, a wine glass with your voice, you will give that same note back to the wine glass. And if you can do it with enough purity and enough force, that wine glass will start to vibrate. So that is the resonant frequency, only we're doing it with infrared wavelengths. We're giving the body back the same wavelengths that it gives off, and that causes this vibration. So that's the amazing part about it, and that's how it detoxes so well and so efficiently. Wow, that is a trip. I had no idea. I just thought, yeah, it's hot, it makes you sweat, and that gets bad stuff out of you. <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, it, 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 there's much more. And so when I mentioned about going from those ceramic heaters to these larger cars, so in our saunas, you're surrounded by heaters to the sides, behind you, in front of you, under the bench, uh, down by your calves. We even put heaters in the floor. You can't see them, but they're underneath because we're trying to induce this resonant frequency and detox uh, all around you. It's more than just heating up the core. And this is, uh, um, you know, we're still finding new ways to heal the body. But this was, this was a big uh, departure and guided us in our heater design for many, many years and still does. Oh, yeah. that's so cool because the one that I have, it has, uh, well, it's got a couple kind of off to the side in front of you. It's a two-person model. And then mm -hmm. it's got some panels behind your calf and then it has one, you know, on your back. Right, but I'm always contorting myself and they're doing some weird right, right. yoga pose trying to get like a problem area a joint that I'm having issues with or something like that in front of those damn panels you know to to get the heat in and I, I have been in, in um, clear light saunas and I'm like oh you don't even have to move like no matter where you sit exactly. you're just getting hammered so that's that's cool I kind of forgot about that aspect Luke we, uh, we've, just, we've got to get you a clear light I'm pretty well convinced it's time so we'll, we'll work something cool, out okay? cool yeah no I, yeah. I, I agree too because it's like it's the same thing. There's this bed that I want called the Semina bed, the sleep system. And I had the you know the representative. They're from uh, Austria or Germany, and I had the representative from them on the other day. But those beds can be up to thirty thousand dollars. You know, wow. it's like between, that's got to be a great bed. Yeah, yeah. And so, well, Daniel Vitellas has one. He's he's the first one of my okay. friends to pull the trigger. But you know, you can you can get a lower you know model. That's with right. all the bells and whistles. But it's the same thing. It's like I just know it's the best bed in the world because I've been on them and I just. No, wow. it's like I study, I geek out on this stuff. I really do my research. So, but at the same time, I'm always like, well, I, you know, how can you really say something's the best unless you have one? So, yes, I agree. Soon, soon I there will do go. that. So, in terms of the detoxing, too, I want to get back to that because. Mm -hmm. I think, and it's funny, I forgot about the exhalation as one of those pathways, yes. which is obviously a huge part of it. But back to the sweating, I think a lot of people 
feel, and this I've noticed just within fitness circles, that when you're on a treadmill or you're doing CrossFit or you're doing whatever you're doing and you're sweating through your clothes and you're drenched in sweat, that you're, oh, why would I go in a sauna? I just, you know, sweated a couple liters of sweat or whatever. But I've also heard, and I want to see if you happen to know about this, that when you're in exercise mode, you're in your sympathetic nervous system, meaning that you're you're in kind of a fight or flight um, re- response, and that your body actually can't detox while you're in that state, but rather only while you're in the parasympathetic or relaxed state. Is that in fact true? So it's um, I haven't seen any clinical studies. There have been clinical studies that have shown that in the infrared you get more heavy metals out compared to being in the finish type. But you are in the sympathetic tone. So this would probably be a good time to talk about that, the sympathetic versus the parasympathetic. So when you're in parasympathetic, that's called rest and digest. Uh, uh, I was on a, a show the other day. They said feed and breed. So that's that's when <laughs> two of my favorite body, pastimes. <laughs> exactly. So that's when the body will put energy into healing. So it makes total sense that you're not going to put energy into detox when you think you're being chased by a tiger, and that's the sympathetic part, right? Because the body marshals all its energy towards trying to get away from that tiger. Trying to, it's a survival mode. You know, you have all the different uh, hormones and adrenaline pumping through and everything. So, yeah, that makes total sense. No one's ever brought that up, but that, that really makes total sense that you're not going to detox because the body is not in a, in a healing mode. Right. And so many people today, Luke, that we run into and that, that I've seen uh, over the years, in fact, almost everybody is way tilted more over into the stress response, the sympathetic, just because of our culture. Um, I went around one week and I asked everybody I ran into, whether it was someone at the checkout or the postman or the people, my friends, and I just asked them one simple question. Do you feel stressed out? I did not have one person say, no, I'm not stressed out. Everything's fine. You know, this is the culture that we live in. So you need to go into parasympathetic. And and when you get in the infrared sauna, it does a vasodilation. That means the blood vessels open up. It means that the muscles relax. The pain is reduced. You just go, well, you know this. You know, you experience this. You just go, ah. And then the body says, oh, it's, I can put energy into healing now. It's safe. I feel good. I'm not being chased. Um, and if you're chronically ill, people that are chronically ill, they're in the sympathetic for a really most of the time. So this is, this is extremely important because that's where the healing can begin. Yeah, that makes absolute sense, especially for someone like myself who's been living in the city for so long. And I do a lot of work right. in New York. I mean, out, compared to New York City, LA is is like a small town. You know, I mean, it's it's a much slower pace of life. But I notice even just living in LA, and then I go. I have family in Colorado. My dad lives out there, so I'm I'm going there in a few days to just be in the mountains. And the minute I get off right. the plane, I just go. Oh yeah, this is real life. <laughs> you know, it's like right. I notice because I think, oh, I meditate, I do saunas, I do yoga, I exercise, I do all of these things that sort of relax me, right? But when I get to um, Colorado or someplace like that, or even just taking mm-hmm. drives to the desert here or something, I go, oh my god, it's like right. the, the silence out there is is almost 
so loud, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. If that makes I any do. sense, you start to, it's like when you have an air conditioner on and it suddenly goes off, you go, oh, wow, I didn't even notice it was so noisy until it went exactly. away. And so I think those of us that are living in, you know, medium to large size cities, even those of us that are working really hard to achieve some level of relaxation and peace of mind, and we, you know, we have a positive mindset and all that, you cannot be in a city like Los Angeles and not be stressed out. I mean, it's no. just it's just inherent to the amount of stimulation that we have here. Whereas the the type of stress that we've evolved from, of course, is the stress of surviving in the wild, right? And surviving predation and surviving weather and this kind of thing. But it was like, it was periodic where the level of stress that we have now is just this sort of constant low level hum of stimuli. And it's, um, you know, this is my sauna. It's like my little refuge. I have a whole (laughs) ritual, you know, about that. And it really is one of the best things to relax. And I was thinking, you know, back to the, the detoxing element too, it occurred to me when, when we were talking about that, that you really do your best detoxing when you're sleeping, right? And, yes. and that's about as relaxed as you can get. That's when your brain does all of its detoxing. And that's that's when those pathways open up and you sweat like crazy when you sleep. And, uh, you know, it's sort of like, I think the infrared sauna to me is, it's like a forced sleep, but you're still conscious because that's sort of what's happening in your body, right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. If, if you think about the parasympathetic state, also when you were talking, I was thinking about how your body becomes contracted and you you tend to kind of sink in in your in your posture and protect your organs and you become tight mm-hmm. and and very um, rigid. And you can't really maintain that inside a sauna. <laughs> you know, once once no. you get in there, everything just kind of starts to get sloppy, for lack of a better term. You just kind of like all of your connective tissue and muscles and skin, everything just kind mm-hmm. of starts to um, unfold. And it's just, it's a really cool feeling. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad to hear your experience over uh, so many years using it. You know, it's, uh, that's the whole story right there. Yeah, and, and another thing that's, so you're talking about this, this uh, spectrum of light, right? This wavelength, and you've, you've managed to find the wavelength that is, is most resonant with the human body, with our biology. What is it about the infrared light that makes you just sweat so profusely? And and to mm-hmm. me, it seems to happen much quicker than it does in a normal sauna, too. I mean, you get in an infrared sauna. I let mine usually, you know, as I said, it's older, so it takes a while to heat up, but I'll I'll still get it pretty hot, maybe leave it on for 20 minutes, and I get in there, and I'm sweating in the first five minutes. I'm like gushing right. sweat. Well, yeah, the reason that it works so well is those wavelengths they actually enter into the tissue. So if you think about it this way, when you go in that box of hot rocks, a traditional Finnish type sauna, that hot air starts to make you sweat. But once you get a layer of water on your skin, now you have water in between you and what's supposed to be heating you. Whereas the wavelength of the infrared penetrates into the soft tissue, into the muscles, actually into the joints an inch, inch and a half. And so with that, uh, it's going to heat you on a deeper level, of course. Right. That's interesting. Yeah, I didn't think about that. It's sort of your body's mechanism of cooling itself too, right? So you're in a sauna and if you're getting the heat from the air, your body's going, cool, we're just going to make you wet all over to cool you off. (laughs) That's trippy. I never thought about that. 
there's something I'll do too, and I don't know where I pick this up. I just try things and it seems to work. But in in my sauna, what I do is as I start to sweat, I just constantly wipe myself down with a towel as I sweat because I don't, you know, I don't want to have my pores full of sweat. I want to let more out. Is that? Do you think that does any good? Is there, is there any basis of reality in my theory? I think there there's a lot, and and I don't know if you've ever tried the dry brushing beforehand, but it's sort of the same idea. Is in dry brushing, you're going to remove anything that's blocking uh, perspiration to come out. So there's two things. One is to let out as much perspiration as you can. So if you towel off, you're going to encourage more to come. But also, you don't want to leave perspiration on the skin because it's going to have toxins in it. And there's a possibility of it being reabsorbed. So that's why we always want people to at least towel off as much as they can. And then at the end, if it's possible, it's not totally necessary if you towel off, but to take a shower and, and just get all those toxins gone from the body. So you're starting, you're starting fresh and you won't reabsorb any. So uh, your intuition is spot on for that. Oh, cool. Perfect. Yeah, I just feel like I sweat so much more if I keep, yes. if I keep toweling off. But the dry brushing, that's funny. I, that's one thing I haven't done. I do it sometimes before showering, but I never thought to do it before the sauna. Mm-hmm. One thing I do that definitely helps, and this is a, a great tip, I think, for someone listening, is if I'm not already hot from working out or just being in the sun or whatever it is, I'll take a hot shower or a hot bath and kind of get my core heated up and get my pores open. Then I jump in the sauna with the sauna preheated and I just I just gush sweat. I mean, it's like, right. it, it makes a huge difference. So that's, that's something too, I think that's good is to kind of, you know, prime yourself and get it ready. And that's a know, good practice. Yeah. Right. And then the, the other thing is, is that I don't know if it's just because I'm such a sauna fanatic, but I find with with my sauna at least I couldn't get hot enough like I wanted the air even hotter and the whole little room even hotter so I had my handyman put two <laughs> two pieces of drywall on top to like keep the heat from escaping because mine wow. yeah my unit has like little air holes up there I guess you know to let the air out so uh-huh. it doesn't get too hot but I did that um it, it, do you think there's any you know, danger in having an infrared sauna be too hot? I mean, what, what's kind of the cap as far as your understanding? You know, I, I think it comes down to personal preference of what you feel comfortable. And every individual, we have different personalities. We have different things that feel good to us. The main thing is make the sauna comfortable so that you want to get in. You know, that's the, the number one thing is use that sauna. So if, if you like it a little hotter, I don't see any problem with that at all. Just uh, just get in, use the sauna. I tell people, use it at least three times a week if you can, if you want to see results. That to me is kind of a minimum. Is, it, is that about what, what you've seen in your experience? Yeah, I, th- I think so. I mean, I've, you know, I've had this thing for 15 years, so I've lived with various women and t- dated different women. Mm-hmm. And some of them have loved saunas and some of them not so much. Uh, and actually, it'll bring us to our next point too. And a, a lot of the women generally seem to be motivated by the things they hear about burning calories and burning fat. Right. So I'll kind of sell them on the on the idea. That's hey, did, did you know how many calories you can burn? And they get really excited about it. But what I find is that um, the women that they're the people that I've known, which, like I said, have typically just been women that I've lived with. They 
seem to get more results for sure if they make it a regular practice, whereas they, they just get in a couple yeah. times, they don't really notice any improvement in their skin tone and you know all of that, um, unless mm-hmm. it's at least a couple times a week. So I've, I've definitely experienced that, you know. I, I right. haven't tested it myself because I just I've always been doing it three, four, five days a week sometimes. So right, for sure. And we, so, but on that yeah. note, let's let's uh, go into something because we didn't cover that. What's sure. up with burning fat and tightening your skin? Oh. The beauty so, aspects of it. So the beauty aspects. One of the first things people always tell us after they get their sauna is they'll they'll call us up or send us an email and they'll say, you know, I got it because I wanted to reduce the pain in my shoulder or something, but my skin got so soft within the first couple weeks. So that's the cleansing happening at the skin level, you know, right on the surface. So that happens. And then for burning fat, we finished um, a 16-week a study with uh, SUNY, University of Binghamton, New York, And uh, it was a 16-week study with a control group that did not use a sauna and another group that did use a sauna. They used it three times a week for 45 minutes for uh, 16 weeks. And the average uh, fat percentage of fat loss was 4%. And they did nothing else except just get in that sauna. So that was really a great study. And that showed what we'd seen uh, over the years that people had reported and what we'd seen ourselves. Wow, that's awesome! <laughs> you know, so that's yeah, that's something you can tell uh, uh, anybody. You know, yeah, yeah. That, it's uh, funny, man, because I, I've never been, you know, thankfully obese. But I, I think my brother, who's a trainer, you know, he says, "Dude, you're not fat. You're what we call skinny fat, which is like your body fat percentages." above a healthy level but when you just Mm -hmm. i'm an ectomorph so when you look at me you'd be like oh no he's in shape but not so much with the clothes off you know right right so but i also have kind of an aversion or up until very recently had an aversion to very rigorous exercise that makes you get ripped and lose fat so exactly i I was trying that method of like well i'll just take a bunch of saunas and not move my body at all and so i think i was able to maintain and not gain weight but what i'm finding Mm -hmm. now is that i added a, a pretty vigorous and uh regular and disciplined moving practice along with the sauna and and also doing ice baths. And I've got to say like the combination of those three things, that trifecta, Mm -hmm. I am feeling better and looking better than I ever had. So I think, yeah, now like adding the movement with the sauna has been exponentially powerful. That's that's great to hear. Yeah, Yeah, I would would concur. Movement is a good thing. Yeah, for sure. So... Uh, do, what do you think about the practice? You know, we talked about the fins, how that you, and I didn't know that that, you know, is historically the first thing they build is the sauna to help them be able to survive the actual building of the rest of the house. But we talked about how they'll do a lot of hot and cold contrast, you know, um, sure. whether, whether it be in cold water back into the sauna or something that I love to do, which is, you know, a hot springs and then jumping in a freezing yep. river. Do you know anything about what the benefits might be? Say, like what I do is I work out, then I take a 20-minute ice bath, and then I run home and I have my sauna preheated, and then I do the sauna, and then I start my day. What do you think that might be doing? Any ideas on that? So uh, I have the same experience. I, you know, I love saunas. I also love uh, natural hot springs and used to go to a hot springs uh, up above Napa for many, many years. And it would have a very, very hot pool. 
uh, like 115 degrees, and then we'll have a cold plunge right next to it. So there is something beneficial about plunging into ice cold water because it, it just shocks the system. It takes it back. It contracts all your pores. It just sort of wakes up the whole system in, in, in that contrast. And uh, uh, I don't know the physiology. I haven't studied it, you know, and now you have cryotherapy and, and all these things. But I, I agree with you that just intuitively something's going on uh, by doing that contrast back and forth. And so just like the Finns and, and the, the, the Native Americans and all our, our forefathers, they just intuitively knew that you heat the body up, then you cool it down, then you do it over, and that was the routine. So uh, it, it's it's obviously good for you. Yeah, I think it it must be just wh- why that appeals to us, and we just intuitively know that it's a good practice. Mm-hmm. It probably has something to do with the way that we've evolved and become literally domesticated in that we're living in a constant sixty eight degree environment, <laughs> and yeah. no and nowhere in nature, anywhere on the planet throughout history you know, up until very recently, uh, have human beings lived in such a consistent, cozy, comfy um, temperature range, right? Right. So I, I think that we're, we've probably evolved to be really cold at times and really hot at other times. And it's one of those cases where I think we can use some technology in order to activate our DNA memory, <laughs> you know, that that's kind yeah. of how we're supposed to be living. And, uh, and I guess, you know, it's probably that simple. I'm not like a big science geek either. I just, I hear about something, I hear someone smart talking about it and I go, okay, cool. I'll try it. And, and if I feel benefit from it and I just, my mm-hmm. intuition says, yes, this is in alignment with nature, then I do it. And the infrared sauna to me is an extension of sitting around a fire and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that type of radiant heat. And so, I think that it's, you know, I haven't heard anyone say that it's dangerous, so I'm going to keep doing it. Um, no, and, and, and a lot of those wavelengths, you know, that because a lot of the wavelengths that come off the infrared are the same wavelengths that we're used to feeling like when somebody gives us a hug. The body just knows. It says, oh, I know what this is. This is natural. This is good. I, I'll take in as much of this energy as I can. So that's your intuition coming out and confirming that. Wow, that's interesting, right? Because you had mentioned earlier in the interview how that uh, infrared heat is generated by our bodies, and that's how you can, you know, see someone with night vision and things like that. Right. That's interesting. So you're actually every human being or every sentient being, I guess, to some degree or less, is walking around being this generator of energy, and maybe that's part of why it feels so good to hug someone or to mm-hmm. lay next to someone or to cuddle or something like that. It's you're actually getting, you know, you're absorbing that same kind of healing energy on on a few different levels. Right. And have you ever had a massage where uh, the, the practitioner or the healer put their hands on you and, and you could feel that warmth coming through, but it, was, it felt almost deeper, like it was penetrating. So that's the infrared coming through, you know, and uh, that's part of the whole healing process. We may not understand. We think we know so much, but maybe there's other things that we're going to discover down the road. So I always leave the option open and not think that we know so much, you know, right. because we know a little. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, I think it's important to remain teachable and humble in all areas of life. Yes. So the the last thing I wanted to touch on before we wrap this up is, well, there's two things. One of it has to do with massage, and it's funny you brought that up, and yoga. Yeah. And the other one was essential oils and things that we, preparations we might be able to use inside of a sauna, which is something I've experimented with. So 
the dream is, I think, if you're a sauna fan, is having one big enough where you can get a decent uh, amount of stretching done in there. And, you know, mm-hmm. I can move around a little in mine uh, as long as no one else is in there. But what I love to do is do a sauna right before I go do yoga or even right. work out or right before a massage. I mean, I find it makes a massage worth the money twice over if I'm... Totally. If I'm kind of supple when I walk in there, you know, it's like mm-hmm. I feel like much deeper work can be done, whether I'm doing it myself through yoga, stretching, or getting worked on. What do you have to say about that? Well, this is right up my alley because when I was uh, in school and I was doing massage to get through school before I became a chiropractor, um, you put someone on a massage table, let's say an hour massage, you're going to work on that person and it fluctuates uh, person to person, but usually takes about 15 to 20 minutes before the massage begins after you've been working on the person and you'll hear this exhale, this ah, or you'll feel them just let go and and then the massage really starts. And what I would see is that I'd put my clients in the infrared sauna and they would get on the table and they were already at that point. So the massage would begin immediately. We didn't have to go to that place where they would let go enough to then let the massage start and, you know, and let the healing begin in that point. So uh, that, that's what I've seen. And that, that was one of the first things that amazed me. I said, wow, this is powerful. Um, and then with the yoga, we saw the connection and, and we actually have done a lot of hot yoga rooms, uh, commercial ones. And then that encouraged us that we actually in our sanctuary line, we have a, a hot yoga room that also is a sauna, or you could say it's a sauna that is also a hot yoga room. The, the benches in the back come out. You can't do standing poses, but you can do a lot of poses in there. And we have specially designed the heaters. So yeah, again, you're, you're right there with it because the muscles are relaxed. Um, you have greater flexibility, so you can go deeper in, into your yoga if you do the sauna before, or if you can do it during, like hot yoga. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, that's funny. I didn't think about that. It's so true. When you walk in cold to get body work done of any kind, there's mm-hmm. always this sort of integration period where they kind of get you ready to do the actual work. And right. I and I never thought about how you know they, a practitioner probably doesn't know that I've already bypassed that, right? By, you know, by taking a sauna, and they might still do their little thing. But I can imagine just as a body worker, it's so much easier to get in and get where your hands mm-hmm. want to go if the you know if the tissue's already been prepped in that way. Totally. That's interesting. Cool. Okay, that's good to yeah. know. And then, as I said, last thing I wanted to cover was, you know, one of my recent experiments is I put a essential oil diffuser inside mm-hmm. the sun. And so right. I'll let that thing, you know, I turn it on when I'm warming it up, as I said, for about 20 minutes and I'll let that thing just go. And it seems to kind of not only just fill it with this amazing aroma from the oils, but it seems to kind of turn it into almost a steam room. It's like I get in there and I tend to sweat uh, faster and more because of the presence of the oils. Do you, have you had any experience or heard about anyone really, you know, diving in with the essential oil element? Well, aromatherapy and essential oils is a whole, you know, that's a, that's a whole other discipline. And by putting it in the sauna, like we talked about before, because you're more in parasympathetic and you're more receptive and your body is relaxed, you're going to, you're going to reap the benefits of that oil. 
uh, and the properties, the healing properties are going to come into you. You're more open. Your pores are open. You can smell it more. So it's, it's a great time uh, to do both. Uh, they just go hand in hand. So uh, we've, we've experimented. I've experimented with that a lot. And I, I love, uh, I use uh, the eucalyptus a lot. I like the lavender and uh, just about any of the really, if it's good, high quality oil, they'll all open up different doorways to uh, healing. That's what right. I found. Right, yeah. absolutely. And and something else that's cool too that I, I forgot, and I'm sure that it's advanced more. I mean, you guys probably have an MP3 player or something like that where you can plug your iPhone in or what kind well, of we're audio? Blue, you know, we're, you... we're Bluetooth now, you know, oh, old days. Nice. When, <laughs> now this, when, when I started, it was a cassette tape. All right. That's right. Right. Mine has a CD player. So mine's like, oh, okay. you know, wow, it's right. like pretty advanced. So yeah. that's cool. So you've got Bluetooth. Of course. That's awesome. Yeah, that's because, the way to go. Yeah. Because while your body becomes more receptive to something like essential oils or what I use a lot too is, um, you know, magnesium oil. I just rub that mm-hmm. all or any kind yeah, of massage right. oil. But also I feel when you're in that parasympathetic state that you're mind and spirit also become more open and receptive. And I find listening to guided meditation or, you know, a spiritually, mm-hmm. um, you know, a spiritually based podcast or audiobook or yes. something like that. It's just, it's like, it really adds to the whole healing experience. Right. So that, that's cool. <laughs> I forgot about the Bluetooth thing. Of course, man, it's gotten yeah. to that, which is amazing. Yeah. And, and some people don't like the Bluetooth and then they can just plug in. You know, right. Right. Yeah. Phone yeah. I mean, I you know I try to minimize the amount of signals bouncing around um, yeah. around me, but whatever you know. Sometimes, yeah. as I said, you have to you have to weigh the benefits versus the consequences. And then totally. uh, I keep saying I have one more question, but there's always more. I wanted to ask. Sometimes I get concerned about, the, and someone asked asked me this actually too in one of uh, the forums was, is it not dangerous if? you know, one of those heating panels is high enough where it's heating up your head. Would you want to avoid, you know, having the infrared light hit your skull? So uh, we've designed all our saunas so that the heaters are below the head. And we took that uh, the advice really from Ayurveda not to heat the head. And really, you're not going to penetrate the cranium with infrared. So it was as much that as wanting to concentrate uh, as much of the healing energy onto where it's going to do some good in adipose tissue, you know, in the, in the whole body. So instead, uh, you'll see some saunas, they put it way up high, the heaters are above the head, and it's just silly. Instead of doing that, put heaters in the front, put it down, you know, by the, the calves, put it on the sides, you know, spread it around where it'll do some good. So that's right. just rational design. <laughs> yeah. All right. I yeah. figured you'd have, you would have had figured that out, you know, but yeah. uh, in mine, yeah. just to be on the safe side, I stack up some towels and I'm six too. So I have a pretty, you know, tall torso, there you go. but I stack up some towels. So it kind of hits the back of my neck. There you go. Yeah. So that's cool. Well, listen, you know, I think God, we've really gone pretty deep into the subject and I had a ton of questions and then some, some ones emerged that I didn't even know that I had. So I think uh, we've done a really good job of wrapping a bow on this whole thing. And and I just so much appreciate your expertise. I like to close the show with a three-part question normally. And the question has to do with um, the fact that you've come here today and you've been on the show as our teacher, teacher teaching us about an area of expertise that you've um, you know mastered to some degree. Mm-hmm. So what I'd like to ask you, Doc, is who are three teachers, philosophies, or teachings uh, that we might go to to learn more? 
And that could be in the form of a person, a documentary, wow. a book, anything. Like, what's been influential in your life? And, and not not just saunas. No, think? no, anything. Absolutely. Oh, okay. In a, in a wow. very broad, so, in, a, in a broad spectrum. Okay, so one of my earliest teachers was uh, Wayne Dyer, who wrote uh, Great. Uh, your your erroneous zones. He kind of put me on the path to say, "You don't like your life? Well, do something about it." And I went, "Oh, okay." And that was a long time ago. Um, who else? I, I love Pema Chodron. She's a, a, a great uh, spiritual teacher, and um, and I've gotten a really great insight from Adyashanti. He's been a, a, a great teacher for me uh, over the years. So I would say that's that's probably my top top three at this. Oh, point. that's that's awesome. I'm unfamiliar with the third, but uh, the two former, 100 mm-hmm. percent with you there. And Wayne, I've been listening to Wayne Dyer for maybe not as long as you, but uh, God, at least 15 years. You know, right. all his great, you know, great his, guy, his seminars and audiobooks and mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, he's he's one of my top guys too. So thank you for sharing those, and we're definitely going to um, link those and everything else we talked about in the show notes. And wonderful. Speaking of show notes, as we close. Tell me and our listeners where they can find all things you and Clear Lights on us. Oh, sure. So, uh, best website to find us on is healwithheat.com. And if you mention uh, Luke's story, then uh, we have a special discount for anybody that's ready to get a sauna or, you know, uh, we've been around for a long time and we'll be here for a long time. So, uh, but that's for people who are at that point now. Um, that's the best way. And we've got an 800 number, 1-800-317-5070. And, uh, I wish everyone, you know, to have something in their life that will allow them to detox. And, uh, if you, if you don't have room to put a sauna, get a friend that has a sauna and just go bug the heck out of them, you know, <laughs> totally, that's and, great get, and get in their sauna. But, uh, it's amazing. And, and you're such a great Testament, Luke, and you've been using it for a long time. So, uh, it's been great to, uh, to be on the show. I appreciate it. You too, Raleigh. I, I very much appreciate your time. As obviously, this is something I'm really passionate about. And uh, I knew you were the guy to talk to, and my intuition was correct. So, I'll bid you a farewell, and thank you so much for being on the show today. All right. Take care. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. I don't know about you, but I'm ready to take a sauna about now <laughs> after all that sauna talk. And in fact, I'm going to. I've got mine preheating right now as I record, and I'm going to go jump in that thing. I might just, it's like 10 o'clock at night. I might just run over to Story Fitness here in LA, my brother's gym, and jump in an ice bath for a few minutes. I know, it's crazy, but I'm, I'm like... I don't know. I have issues, dude. I'm addicted to cold. And I'm going to come back and jump in this preheated sauna. So I'd like to encourage you to take Raleigh up on his offer of a discount. If you're interested in getting a sauna, I'm just going to tell you straight up. I hate to like be salesy, but Clearlight saunas just are the best in the world, hands down. I've done my research. End of story. That's just it. It's kind of a, a finite decision there. It's just, they're the best. So go to healwithheat.com. That's healwithheat.com to get connected with Clearlight. Or you can call them at 800-317-5070 and mention my name and you're going to get hooked up, which is great. And maybe I will too. I need to get one myself. I'm still working with this old Korean model and it works, but it's definitely not optimal. Let's be honest. 
So thank you again for joining me. I'd love for you to share this episode with a friend. Click forward, click share, send a screen grab, do something. Get this episode into the ears of someone you know. And then don't forget to go to lukestory.com and sign up for my newsletter because I'm going to send you any video content that I produce. It's going to be rad. Trust me. It'll be worth it taking you know the time to give me your email. I'm not going to send you a bunch of weird stuff. I'm going to notify you when I get a new podcast out and send you the link for the show notes and all of the great resources that we provide in every episode. So it's all about getting good stuff into your hands for free. And I think that's about it. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm super excited to keep this thing going. I'm having a great time doing the show and I'm getting amazing feedback. People hit me up on my Instagram and on Facebook all the time. And by the way, my Instagram is at Luke Story, S-T-O-R-E-Y. My Facebook is at Mr. Luke Story. That's my page. Let's hang out, do the social thing. I'm also Mr. Luke Story on Twitter. So if you want to ask questions, um, I don't know if I've done it by the time this episode comes out, but I'm going to start doing some Q&A episodes where I answer questions about living the life. And so if you've got those, hit me up on social. Anyway, I'm going to record them and uh, you know keep track of all the questions and put together some episodes where I answer them to the best of my ability. Or And if I can't answer them, I'm happy to refer you to someone that can. All right. Thank you. And blessings to you and yours. Don't forget to go to lukestory.com forward slash bulletproof to enter to win two tickets to the Bulletproof Conference this coming weekend in LA. Again, that's lukestory.com forward slash bulletproof. The deadline to enter is Wednesday, September 21st at midnight. So go do it now.